And again, what a powerful message. Aren't you glad that God is faithful? Amen. Uh, many times we, we fail, and yet he remains faithful. I'm glad his faithfulness does not depend upon how faithful I am. Right? If his faithfulness depended upon how faithful we are, we'd be in trouble. And I'm glad his faithfulness is dependent upon him and him alone. And uh, that's a beautiful song. Thank you. Take your Bibles this morning. Open to the book of Psalms, chapter 1. The book of Psalms, chapter number 1. And uh, while you're turning there, let me just make mention of this. If you, if you put a coat, if you hung up your coat in the hallway, that little hallway section there, okay, it is no longer there. We sold them all, and uh, we're giving the money to the building fund. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We did not do that. Um, but there were so many coats that it started pulling the coat rack out of the wall. <laughs> so your coats are now, I believe, in that little room next to the kitchen. Uh, they're on some tables in there, so uh, don't go out there thinking, I put my coat there and somebody stole it or the church sold it or something. We did not do that. Um, it's on a table uh, there next to the kitchen, and so right, that room right next to the restrooms there. So uh, we'll definitely have to come up with something stronger. I didn't know you folks had such heavy coats, um, and, uh, but we'll get that fixed, all right? Psalms chapter number one, and uh, it's really interesting as I was thinking about what to preach this Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, I was, um, you know, just, I wanted to kind of bring a challenge to, to us, um, and I will say this morning, this morning's message is probably, it's not something you've never heard before. Uh, these are things that you'll, you've heard me say before, but as we begin the year, I thought this is a good time to just really kind of reinforce these things in our life and uh, to begin and uh, I, I was thinking about this and praying about it, and then as we were reading through our Bible program, um, we, it, yesterday kind of came across, uh, I was in this passage, and I thought, well, that's, that's a coincidence, right? We're in the, the passage on Saturday, and I'll be preaching on it on Sunday. So in Psalms chapter 1, Psalm chapter 1, and we'll just, we're not going to read the whole chapter, it's only six verses, but just the first three verses this morning of Psalms chapter 1. He says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Father, we do thank you that we can come this morning, and uh, Lord, just to worship you, and we begin the year, Lord, I know we're already kind of a week in, but Lord, as we begin, I pray that you would help us to, to be faithful, Lord, to you. Lord, as the song said, you are faithful to us in every way. And Lord, may this year we desire to be faithful. Uh, Lord, I know maybe last year we were not as faithful as we wanted to be, and, and this year we may, even, we may even fall and we may even uh, do something that we know we should not do, but Lord, I pray that you just help us to, to get back up and be faithful to you throughout this year. Lord, I pray that you just remind us of them, some things this morning as we begin, and uh, that you would use these things in our hearts and lives this week, and that we would be challenged in them. Uh, Lord, to, to be obedient to you and to follow you, and uh, Lord, just to get into your word. And so bless in the service now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Psalm chapter 1 is, is really a great, a great psalm. Uh, it's, a, it's one that's very easy to memorize. It's just six verses and uh, a great passage here. But the first three verses really speak about the, the godly man. The verses 4, 5, and 6 uh, kind of talk about the ungodly. And 
Um, we're not really going to focus on 4, 5, and 6 this morning, but really I want to focus on verse number 3. In verse number 3 it says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so I want to I challenge you this year. We're going to look at, we're gonna look at seven things this morning that I want to challenge you in this year of 2024. Now, obviously, you could probably come up with a lot more things, or maybe you could even condense them if you want. But I, just, I came up with seven things that I thought uh, that we as Christians, myself included in this, ought to be challenged at the beginning of the year. And I think as we look at this passage, our desire as a Christian ought to be that we want to flourish in this year. We want to flourish. In other words, we want to grow. We want to be able to, to be used of God, right? I hope that's your desire this year. Um, if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and that's not your desire, then I hope this morning that will be. I hope that God will work in your heart and he'll change whatever that is in your life that you would desire to, to flourish, you desire to be the Christian that God wants you to be. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm not saying you have to become a preacher or anything like that because preachers are definitely not perfect but just to have that desire to, to flourish. And think about what he says here. He says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so think about this tree that is planted by this river. And as that tree is able to, to sink its roots down deep into the ground as it's being uh, fed by the water that is there, the water is going into the ground and it's, it's giving the nutrients to the tree to be able to grow, to be able to produce the fruit and to flourish even when, there's, even when it's going to be hot and things, the, the, because it's near that, that river of water, it's going to be able to flourish. It's going to be able to bring forth fruit. It's not going to wither. It's going to prosper. And I hope that would be, again, your desire this year, that you would want to flourish. You would want to, to produce the fruit that God would have in your life, that God would allow you to prosper. When I say that, I'm not talking about financially. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel this morning. You know, uh, If you give this morning in the offering, then somehow God's going to bless you with a new car or a new house. That's not what I'm talking about. But to prosper in the way that God desires for us to prosper. By the way, success is not based upon how much money you have. It's not based upon how much property you have or what the assets you have. That's not how we base success. Success is based on whether we're obedient to God or not. That's how we base success. Am I being obedient to God? Right? If I'm being obedient to God, then I'm going to be successful. Now, you can be successful and be the poorest person in the world. But as long as you're being obedient to God, you're a success. Because you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. Right? And so, as I was thinking, what are some things that we as Christians need to be able to flourish? To be able to really be that tree that is producing the fruit and, and desiring to follow God this year, and uh, what are some things that we need to do? And again, these, these are not new. This is not, something you've, you've, this is not something new I've just come up with, and these are things you're going to be like, well, I already knew those things. Well, that's great. I hope you know them. But the question is, will you implement them this year? You see, what good does it do to know something if we don't do anything about it, Right? And so I'm going to give you seven things this morning, um, not, not going to be long on each one. Obviously, you could take each one, and you could probably make a, a whole message in and of itself on those, but I'm not going to do that. But I want you to notice, first of all, if, if we want to flourish, and we're going to take this challenge of 2024, here's the first thing we need to do. We need to be in the Word. 
be in the word. Think about what he says here in verse number one and two. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Here it is. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the word of God. And in his law, that's the word of God, doth he meditate day and night. Can I ask you a question? What is the Bible? If you think about that question, you're like, well, What do you mean, what is the Bible? I mean, you're reading out of the Bible. Yes, I understand, I'm reading out of the Bible. But what is the Bible, when we think about it? What really is the Bible? We know it's made up of 66 different books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. There's 40 different penmen that God used to to write these different passages. But we know that as we look at the whole book itself, these 66 books compiled into one book, we understand that this book is God's Word. It is the book that God wrote for us to know Him. God wrote this book so that you and I could know Him. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to have that personal relationship with Him. He wants us to know exactly what His desire is for our life. So if it's the book that he wrote for me to know him, why wouldn't I want to be in it? Why wouldn't I want to be in it? I should desire to be in his word, right? This is what he says. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. He says a man that is blessed, someone that is going to to really flourish as a Christian, their desire is going to be in the word of God. Because we know that this is what this is God's word for me. I don't know if you can remember this or not, but I remember when I was dating my wife, and this was before texting and emails and all this kind of stuff. I know I don't look that old. I know I really don't. But um, but it was before all of this stuff came about. And my wife would she would write a letter to me on a piece of paper. We all know what paper is, right? Piece of paper, you write it. Some of you are like, what? These kids are like, what's paper and pen? She would write a letter to me on a piece of paper, and I would get it in the mail, right? You know, it wasn't instant texting and all that kind of stuff. I'd get it in the mail, and I would see that it was from her. And man, I, my, my heart would just flip, right? I mean, I would see that it was a letter from my wife, and I, man, I couldn't wait to, to take it home, and uh, I wanted to open it, right? Um, and uh, what, what do you think would have happened if I would have got all these letters in the mail and I would just set them on my dresser and I never would have opened them? Never would have opened them. I've been pretty lousy, huh? Right? I can tell you I did not do that, all right? I didn't do that. Before I even got home, they were already opened, right? I mean, as soon as I got them from the mailbox, I was already opening it and reading it. Why? Because I wanted to know what she was going to say. I wanted to know what she said. And of course, as we got closer to to getting married and things, and uh, you know, there was always that at the very end, right? That was, there were words I was looking forward to hearing, right? Or not hearing, reading, right? There was words at the very end of the letter that I was looking forward to, right? And I'm not going to tell you everything that was all in between. You'd start throwing up and everything, and I don't want you to do that this morning. Um, But at the very end, there were these words that I just looked forward to hearing. Love you. Love you. 
And I'm telling you what, man, that, that made the whole, I mean, it was five-page letter, a 10-page letter. If it was a paragraph, I didn't care. I just, I wanted to read those words that she had written to me because I knew that she loved me, and I wanted to read that. Can I tell you this morning, do you understand how much God loves you? God loves you and I so much that, that he would be willing to write a letter to us. Not just a letter, he wrote us a book. And he says, as a Christian, if we're going to flourish, his delight is in the law of the Lord. By the way, I still, um, my wife texted me this morning. My wife and my girls are down in Georgia. They went to my niece's wedding. They're down in Georgia. And she texted me this morning. The first thing this morning, I got a text from my wife. Man, that, that made my heart flip. You know, I mean, there it is. It's from my wife because I love her and she loves me and I want to know anything that she has to say. And, and she was asking, you know, did you make sure the boys got dressed? Did you make sure they took showers? Did you make sure you fed them? You know, it was all those things. But I still was excited because she was texting me, right? I didn't have to wait for a letter this time. It was a text message, right? Do we get excited about reading the word of God? And can I challenge you this year? If you're going to flourish as a Christian, you need to be in the word, his delight is in the law of the Lord. You say, well, I, you know, I'm just, I'm not a big reader. Well, that's one of the reasons why we developed the Bible reading program that we have this year. It's not a lot of reading. Just a few verses each day. Maybe, maybe a chapter at most many times. Why? Because we want you to be in the Word. By the way, I'm really enjoying reading the comments and things that many of you are making about the chapters that we're reading through, right? Um, you know? And, and that's why we do this. And if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, our Facebook, our private church Facebook page, we, we're posting the, uh, the scripture reading for each day there. And then folks are making comments and things. Um, you know, I'm enjoying reading it and seeing what others are saying about it, right? Man, we need to be in the word of God. There's so many ways that we can be in the word, right? You can read it. You can listen to it. Um, you know, they, they even have things now uh, online that you can, uh, you can watch certain ways about people explaining the book. There, there are so many ways that we can be in the Word. There's really no excuse for us not to be. Here, here's, the, here's the reason why we're not in the Word. Because we don't want to be. That's the reason. That's the reason. May I say, maybe you're here this morning, you say, well, I don't, I don't have a Bible. Uh, I'd love to be able to read the Bible. I don't have one. Friend, we'd love to give you a Bible. If that's, if that's your reason, we'd, we'd give you a Bible today, right? Um, but I know many times people have smartphones and they have tablets and computers, and you can, get the, you can get the Bible on those too. But it's so important that we are in the Word of God. We, we need to be in it, right? Um, think about it. We're a week in. We're a week into the new year. This is January 7th today, right? Seven days. How, how did we do How did we do this 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 week, right? Were we in it every day? Were we reading the Word of God every day? Even if it's just a short portion, were we, were we in the Word? We need to be, right? We need to be in the Word. We need to be continually in it. Stay with it. Don't give up, right? Read it. Listen to it. Study it. Whatever you need to do, but stay in the Word. He says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law doth He meditate day and night. The psalmist David says here, man, some of that loves it, man, they're going to make time for it. They, he made time in the morning. He made time in the evening to be in the Word and meditating in the Word, thinking about it throughout the day. Be in the Word. I want to challenge you this morning. 
as this, we begin this year, if you're going to flourish, stay in the Word. Stay in the Word, right? Stay in the Word. Number two, may I say not only do you need to stay in the Word, well, actually, hold on. Let me, before we go on, maybe, maybe what we need to do, maybe to help us do this, maybe you say, you know, Pastor, I really want to do that, but what I find is, you know, I start well, but then, but then I stop, and, and maybe the reason is there's no accountability, right? So maybe what you need to do is maybe you need to find someone, that you, and you tell them, hey, you know what, I, I want to read the Bible every day this year, and I want you to hold me accountable to it. Maybe that's what you need to do, right? Find somebody to hold you accountable to reading the Word of God every, every day or th- throughout this year. I was... Um, I, I made a comment on one of the, the Bible readings earlier, I think it was Matthew chapter 4, I think it was, where Satan is tempting Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, and I, was, uh, I made the comment that Jesus, every time Jesus responded to Satan, he used the word of God. He, he quoted scripture. And I don't remember the exact comment that I made, but I, I said, you know, a lot of times we think, it's, we think it's cute that the kids memorize Scripture, but we adults think we're too, we're too old to memorize Scripture. Jesus was a grown man. He memorized Scripture. How important is it for us to memorize Scripture? And I'll be very honest with you. I, I said that, and after I said it, I thought, man, how many Scriptures are you memorizing this year? I thought, oh, man, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I just, I got convicted about it myself. I said, you know what? I'm not memorizing Scripture the way I ought to. I struggle memorizing as well as just as anybody else. But I said, I know I need to be memorizing Scripture. I need to be reading it. I need to be memorizing it, meditating on it. And so I called a friend of mine. I called a friend and I said, hey, man, I said, um, I need you to do something for me this year. He's like, yeah, what's up? I was like, I need a million bucks. He's like, forget it. I was like, never mind. I said, I need you to do something for me. He said, I need, I need you to help me to be accountable. And he said, what? I said, and I just explained to him what I was explaining to you, and I said, I need to memorize some verses this year, and I need you to hold me accountable to that. I'm going to give you the verses that I'm going to memorize, and I'm going to tell you how many I'm going to memorize every month, and I want you to hold me accountable to it. You know what that forces me to do? forces me to memorize a verse <laughs> because now he's going to call me and say Andrew did you memorize your verse yet you say that's childish well maybe it is but that's what I need that's what I need right and maybe that's what you need to say to somebody hey hold me accountable let help me to 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 read the Bible every day you ask me by the way if you start doing it every day every day every day you'll get into a habit of it and you'll start doing it Maybe you need to have somebody hold you accountable to memorize Scripture. You know, even if it's just one a month. You just memorized one verse a month. I know these kids, they memorize one in Sunday school, and they memorize one in Super Church, and they memorize one in Master Club. It's like they're memorizing four or five verses a, a, a week, and I'm like, you kids are crazy, right? I'm not saying that you and I as adults need to do that. That might be very difficult for us. I know it would be difficult for me. But what if you just said, hey, this year I want to memorize one verse a month. I'm going to find a good verse and I'm going to take one month and memorize that verse. By the end of the month, man, I can quote that backwards, forwards, anywhere. I mean, I, I've got it. One a month, that surely can't be too hard for adults. Have somebody hold you accountable to it. Why? Because we're delighting in his word. We want to hide God's word in our heart, all right? 
Um, number two, not only do we need to be in the word, but we need to be in prayer. We need to be praying every day. Be in prayer. Spend time in prayer each day with the Lord. I'm not saying it has to be super long, right? Uh, but there ought to be some time every day that we're spending time in prayer with God, right? And you need to make sure that you have that time set, right? Set that time to spend time in the Word or in the Word of God and in prayer. You say, well, why is that important? Because if you don't make time for it, guess what? You won't do it. You won't do it. So make time for it. Even if it's just in the morning, you say, hey, I'm going to take 30 minutes in the morning. I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to pray. Do it every morning. Or if you say, well, I'm going to do it in the evening, fine, do it in the evening. But make sure you make time every day. Spend time in prayer. Think about it. Jesus went away into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was there praying and talking with the Father. Now, we're talking about the Son of God here. The Son of God understood how important it was to spend time in communion with the Father, In the Garden of Gethsemane, what is he doing before he goes to the cross? He's praying. Many times, what did he do? He would send the disciples away, and he would go up into a mountain to do what? To pray. Prayer is just communicating with our Father. We're talking to him. How much time do we spend in prayer? Look, and I know, look, I will say I'm as guilty as anybody else about not spending enough time in prayer. Sometimes we can just say, well, I just don't have time for it, or or I'll do it on the way to work, or I'll do it here or there, but we don't do it. We just don't make time for it. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to spend time communing with the Father, right? So be in the Word. Number two, be in prayer. Spend time each day with the Lord. Spend time each day in prayer. Number three, may I say be in church. Be in church. You got to make it a goal this year. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be in church every service. If I'm not working, or if I'm not sick, I'm going to be in church. Be in church every service. Why? Because God tells us to. God tells us to. Look in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. Notice he says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. By the way, you know what the word church means? The word church means assembling together. That's what the word church means. The word church means we're assembling together, we're gathering together, right? So when we say we're going to church, and sometimes we can refer to church as a building, but the church is, the the building is not the church. It's the people that are in the building, right? We're assembling together, okay? And I know people say, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out into the woods, and I'm going to sit in my deer stand, and I'm going to be out on the fishing boat, and I'll worship God there. That's not assembling together. Now, I understand God is there. God is everywhere. I understand that, right? But God says there is an important need for Christians to assemble together. And this is why he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. You know what? There's some people that just say, it's not important. Getting together as a body of believers and worshiping in song and in spirit and and learning from the word of God, that's just not important to me. Wait a minute, God says it should be. He says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Man, plan to be at every service. We've got special things coming up. If you've got one of the bulletins... Um, one of the things we'll mention on Sunday as well at the Vision Conference is a lot of the events that we have coming up. But one of the bulletins we have, 
uh, for this month of January. You can get one at the back if you don't have one. It tells about all the events and things. But at the bottom, we always try to highlight uh, an event for the next month, for February. So this one is highlighting we're having a Jewish conference February the 3rd and 4th, we're going to have a Jewish conference. We're going to have a man that was a missionary in Russia uh, and in Israel, and he's going to be coming, and he's going to be sharing about Israel and things. We're going to have a Jewish conference. You know what you ought to do? You ought to plan to be there for that. You ought to plan to be there. In March, we're going to have a revival with, uh, with um, Brother, uh, I just forgot his name, uh, Dave Young. Thank you. I'm, uh, Brother Dave Young is going to be here. We're going to have a revival. It's going to be from Sunday to, to Wednesday night, uh, each night at 7 o'clock. You know what you ought to do? You ought to plan to be here for that. You got a plan to be here. You say, well, I have to work one of those nights. Then that's okay. That's okay. We're not, ta- we're not saying you, you shouldn't go to work. We're saying if you're not working, if you're not sick, don't just stay home. Be in church, right? Be there with the assembly together. Why? Because you know what that does? That encourages one another, right? That encourages people. Man, when I see people here and I see people that I know, that's encouraging to me. I'm like, man, there's, there's brother so-and-so and there's sister so-and-so. Man, I'm so glad to see them. That encourages me and encourages you when you see others. Be in church. Plan to be at every service. Do you understand that God made us to need companionship? God made us to need companionship. You know why so many are struggling with relationships? Because their only friends are online. That's why there's so, much, there's so many people struggling with relationships today is because we're trying to do relationships through a, through a phone or through a social media or something like that. That's not the way God intended it to be. You know the way God intended it to be? In person. In person, right? That's what, that's what we need. And, and, and again, I understand. I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for phones and things. But sometimes we just need to put them away. Just need to put them away, right? You know, it, I, I, I take people out to eat and coffee and things like that, and I'll see a group of people come in. You can tell they're friends. And they'll sit at the table, and guess what happens? As soon as they sit down, everybody's like this. Nobody says anything. Even when the waitress or the waiter comes up, can I take your order? Yeah, I'll have a double cheeseburger with fries, please. Doesn't even, don't even look up. Why? We've become so addicted to these things that we don't think we really need companionship. Can I tell you something? That's not the way God made you. And that's why you look at the world today and people are struggling in relationships and things. Why? Because we need that companionship. We need one another. You may say, well, I don't need anybody. Well, let me tell you something. I need you. I need you. Because I need companionship. And whether you think it or not, you need me too. <laughs> I want everybody to look up here and say, I, no, don't, don't do that we need each other, right? And so you ought to plan to be in church, right? Plan to be in church. Plan to be at every service that you're able to. Again, I understand work schedules and, and sickness and things like that hamper sometimes, but as much as possible, plan to be in church. May I say number four? Be a servant. Be a servant. Look in, uh, look in the book of Philippians chapter 2. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, notice in verse number 5. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi, and he says this to them. These are believers that he's writing to, right? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What, What mind is this? What is the mind of Christ that he's speaking of here? Watch what he says. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Can I encourage you this year? Find a place to serve in the church, in this local body. Find a place to serve, right? Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're, I think it's the 21st, we're having what we call ministry recruitment night. Ministry recruitment night, we talk about all the different ministries that, that we have going on here at the church. Can I tell you, there is a place for you to be able to serve. There is some place that you can serve. You say, well, well, I just don't think I have any talents. I don't think I have any abilities. I just don't think I can do that. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you'll come on ministry recruitment night, you will find there is a place for you to serve. There is a place, right? But are we willing to serve? Are we willing to be like the Lord Jesus Christ and say, hey, Jesus Christ, who, again, think about what he said in verse number six, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery equal with God. So Jesus Christ is equal with God. But yet, what does he say in verse number seven? He took on the form of a servant. Jesus Christ, God himself, was willing to come to this earth to serve, to serve. Can I challenge you? Find a place to serve this year. Everybody can find a place to serve somewhere. Again, everybody. You say, well, my my health isn't good. I can't do some of these things. That's okay. We're not asking you to do everything. We're not asking you to serve in every ministry, but there is some place that you can serve, some place that God could use you to serve in this church. Where will you do that? It's interesting. They, They say the average person that gets saved stays in church for about two or three years and then quits if they don't find a place to serve. If they're just coming and sitting and they're not actually getting involved in serving, in two or three years, they'll be, they'll be out. Why? Because we're not made just to sit. We're made for companionship. We're made to be able to do something. And God wants us as Christians to find some place to serve and be involved in the ministry. Right? That's what he says in Ephesians chapter 4. We're being perfected as saints. We're growing spiritually for the work of the ministry. Yeah, I'm so thankful. Look, I, I can tell you this. I don't know how many people serve in our church. I think on uh, Vision Sunday we'll talk about some of the, the things that happened last year. Uh, just some, some great things, amazing things. That doesn't happen with just one person serving or two people. And I can say this. We have, we have many people in our church that serve. Many people. And I'm so thankful. I, I would say and I, I could be wrong, I think I'm right about this, I would say we probably have more people serving at First Baptist Church than the average church does. I mean, way more, right? I mean, when it's VBS time, I think the whole church shows up for it, right? I mean, everybody comes for VBS, right? I mean, everybody's just serving, right? I was talking to somebody last year, and they were talking about their VBS, and they're like, yeah, we just don't know if we're going to be able to have any workers and things. And they're like, how many people do you have show up? I was like, Everybody? They're like, you serious? I was like, well, not everybody, but I mean, we probably have like 70 people. They're like 70 people in VBS? I was like, no, that's the workers. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. And so I'm thankful that so many in the church find places to serve, right? But I can tell you this, I don't think it's 100%. It's not 100%. So why not this year? Why don't you make it? Find a place to serve. Why? Because you want to be able to grow. You want to be able to flourish as a Christian. And one way to do that is finding a place to serve. 
right? Be a servant. Find some place to serve, right? Let me give you three more really quick here, right? So number one, be in the word, right? How about, how about you say these with me, right? Number one, be in the word, right? So number one is what? Be in the word. Be in the word. Number two is be in prayer. So number two is what? Be in prayer, right? I want to help you to remember these things. Number three, be in church, right? What is number three? Be in church. Some of you weren't really excited about that one, right? What was number three? Be in church. Be in church. There we go. Number four, be a servant. What's number four? Be a servant. Be a servant. So we got be in the word, be in prayer, be in church, be a servant. Here's number four, right? Be a witness. Be a witness. Be a witness. In Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one, in verse number eight, really what we would say is the last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended up into heaven. In Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, this is what Jesus says. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So I want to challenge you this year. If we're going to flourish as a Christian, our challenge is we need to be a witness for Jesus Christ to be a witness for Christ, right? Be a witness. That means when, you know, uh, uh, as it starts getting warmer, we have days where we go out as a church and we knock on doors, we invite people to church, you can come out for that. We have tracks in the back and invites that you can take and you can, uh, whether you're at a restaurant or you're at a grocery store or you're at a gas station or something, take those invites. Invite somebody to come to church. Maybe be able to start up a conversation about the Lord, right? Whatever you can, be a witness for Jesus Christ, right? And again, this is where um, I'm so thankful for our church. So many people in our church do this actively, right? People say, you know, you have to come up with programs and things to try to get people to church, and I understand that. But I don't think people understand that we have, the, we have more visitors in this church and people come to this church not because of going out and door knocking and not because of of, you know, just inviting people to church, although we should do that. We have more people come and visit this church because friends invite friends. Friends are inviting friends and family members, and they begin to come, and they start coming, and maybe they get saved, and, and they start coming, and they're being faithful, and they invite another friend, and they come. Can I tell you, that's, that's how our church, and by the way, that's how it ought to be. That's how it ought to be, Right? Now, we should do other things to try to get other people that we may not know, and that's why we have the door knocking, and that's why we, uh, we, go, we have the invites and things. But, man, praise God that we're, we are being a witness, right? We're trying to reach those around us. That's what God desires. But we need to be a witness this year, right? Be a witness. Invite somebody to come to church. Invite them to come to a special program. Invite them to, to come with you to one of the, the ladies' Bible studies or the men's Bible studies or something like that. Why? Because our desire is we want to help them to come to know Jesus Christ. We want to help them to come to know Christ as their Savior. Right? It's not about First Baptist Church. It's not about this religion or anything. No, it's about Jesus Christ. We want them to know Christ as their Savior. We ought to be a witness. Be a witness for Christ. Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature, right? That's our command. We're commanded to go. We're commanded to be that witness, right? So what's number five? Be a witness, right? Here's number six. Be an encourager. Be an encourager. So what do you mean by that? Well, look at me in the book of Acts chapter 11 here. Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. In Acts chapter 11, 
Of course, in chapter 9 is when Saul, who becomes the Apostle Paul, gets saved. And in Acts chapter 9, he gets saved, he meets the Lord. But people really weren't convinced that Saul was saved because he had been persecuting the church, right? He had taken people and put them in prison, and he had actually condemned people to death. He had condemned Stephen and watched as they stoned him to death. And so Paul was known as a guy that was against the church. Paul was known as a guy that was persecuting believers, right? So when all of a sudden they hear Paul or Saul is now saved, now he's a follower of Jesus, they're like, (laughs) yeah, right. No, I don't think so. This is just a ruse. This is just some way for him to try to get into the church and find out who more people are and, 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 and put more people in jail. They're like, no, we don't believe this. But there was one man that did. His name was Barnabas. Look in verse number 25 of chapter 11. It says, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus, and watch these next two four words here, for to seek Saul. Barnabas had heard about Saul, He had heard that Saul had gotten saved, and maybe he'd even heard that he was trying to grow whatever, but nobody wanted to have anything to do with Saul. Everybody wanted to keep their distance from Saul. Barnabas said, hey, here's a man that got saved, and he's trying to grow, but yeah, he's got a past. He's got a pretty bad past, but you know what? When we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, he forgives that past. Praise God for that, amen? Aren't you glad that he doesn't hold your past against you? And Barnabas says, here's a man that God has forgiven of his past, whether he persecuted, whether he put people in jail, whether he was the one that helped stone Stephen. And by the way, Barnabas probably knew Stephen. And here's a man that his friend had been put to death by this man named Saul. The Bible says he went to seek Saul. You know what happened? Barnabas became an encourager to Saul. Barnabas came along Saul, and Barnabas put his arm around Saul, and he said, look, I know people are kind of concerned about you, and they're not sure if you're really real or not, but I just want you to know, I want to encourage you. I want to be here, and I'm going to, I'm going to take you alongside, and, and I want to encourage you. And you find that even Paul and Barnabas were the ones that were sent on the first missionary journey. Barnabas was the one that, after John Mark left the missionary journey, Barnabas was the one that took John Mark under his wing and said, hey, I know you messed up, buddy, and that wasn't the right thing to do. You shouldn't have left. I know you messed up. But can I tell you something? God will forgive you. And and that's in the past too. Hey, let's get going again. Let's start back up again. And because of Barnabas' encouragement, God used John Mark to write a book of the Bible. Can I encourage you? Be an encourager. Find somebody this year to say, you know what? I just want to encourage them. Maybe Maybe you see somebody's going through a hardship. You know what you ought to do? I'm just, God, how can I encourage them? Maybe they're not going through a hardship. Maybe God just put somebody in your heart and you're just like, you know what, I don't know, what's, I don't know what they're going through. I don't think that they're going through anything difficult, but you know what, I just want to encourage them. I just want to come alongside and I just want to be an encouragement to them and I just want to help them and whatever I can do. God, I just want to encourage them this year. Who are you going to encourage? Who are you going to encourage? Now, I would say this, don't we all want encouragement? We all like to be encouraged. Sure we do. Why don't you encourage somebody this year? Be an encourager. Find somebody this year like Barnabas did with Saul. He went looking for Saul. Don't wait for somebody to come to you. Find someone. Look for someone. Find somebody to encourage. Think, where would Paul have been without Barnabas? Where would John Mark have been without Barnabas coming alongside and encouraging him? And then number seven, 
Let me give you number seven. That's the last one here. So number one was be in the word. Number two was be in? No. Be in prayer, right? Be in prayer. Number three was be in church. There we go. Number four was be a servant. Number five was be a witness. Number six, be an encourager. And number seven, be a giver. Be a giver. Support your church financially. Be a giver. But may I say, not just to the church, give to others as well. Again, that's, that's kind of part of encouraging. You could say that's part of encouragement, but you can encourage somebody without having to give anything, but be a giver. If God speaks to your heart to, to help somebody, do that. Do it. God blesses so that we can bless others. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Luke, Give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Hey, we like it when people bless us. Why don't you bless someone? Hey, be giver. Be faithful in giving to the church, whether it's your tithe, whether it's your offerings, whether it's missions, whatever it might be. Be faithful in that. And praise God. God is, God's blessed the church, our missions giving and things. That's, that's such an exciting thing to see. But be a giver. Give of yourself to God. Maybe it's your time. Maybe you can just give your time and say, you know, I, I don't have a lot of money to give, but I can give my time. I can come and I can maybe do some things around the church or I could find somebody in the church. You know, we've got, we've got a lot of uh, elderly people in the church that may not be able to get outside and do some of the things that they need to be done. Why not find somebody and say, hey, I can give my time. I can give a little bit of gas in a mower or a weed eater or a blower. I could, I could go and cut their yard. I could, I could do something around their house, maybe trim a tree or something. Be a giver this year. Be a giver. Find some way to encourage. Find some way to give to be a blessing to someone, Right? Again, I told you, these are not things that you've never heard before, right? But I want to challenge you in these things. Why? Because as a Christian, we ought to desire to flourish. We want to be that tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf doth not wither. We don't want to wither and die. No, we want to grow. We want to flourish. We want to be able to produce that fruit. And so I want to challenge you with these seven things this morning. And yes, you could probably come up with more. You could combine a couple of one or two of these or whatever, but I hope that you'll write these seven things down. I hope you'll remember these seven things and say, Lord, help me this year. I, I want to I take this challenge. I want to flourish as a Christian. I want to be that Christian that you want me to be. You know what? I'm going to be in the Word. Find somebody to be accountable to. Be in the Word every day. Be in prayer. Spend time with the Lord in prayer. Be in church. Be faithful to the services of God. Be a servant. Find a place to serve. Find a place to be involved somewhere. Be a witness. And I tell you, there's still many, many people that need to hear about Jesus Christ. Many people. Be a witness. Be a witness for Christ. Maybe there's somebody here this morning. You don't know Christ as your Savior. Friend, can I tell you? There's nothing greater that you can do in your life than giving it to Jesus Christ. Nothing greater. Nothing greater than knowing that your sins are forgiven and that your home is with the Lord Jesus Christ. You might be here today and you're not sure if you're saved. Friend, we love to take the Word of God, this book that God wrote to show how much He loves you, and He wants you to know Him. We can take this book and show you how you can know how to be saved, how you can have your sins forgiven. Be a witness. Be an encourager. 
Find somebody to encourage throughout this year. Encourage them. Be a giver. Give back to the Lord. He's blessed us. The songs that the, young, the, the McIntyre family sang, he is faithful, always faithful. Can we not be faithful to him this year? One of our heads bowed and our eyes closed. No one looking about this morning. Maybe there's somebody here today, and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure. I don't know if, if I was to die where I would go. Friend, can I tell you, you don't know how long your life will be. You have no idea. Monday, early Monday morning, one of, our, one of the folks that comes to this church was in a very bad car accident and should have probably died. Didn't. The very same day, a pastor friend of mine, his sister and the family were driving in a car. And they were struck and his sister died. Friend, we have no idea when we're going to die. No clue. But if you were to die today, tomorrow, whenever it might be, are you, are you sure 100% where you would be? Do you know you would be in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, well, well I, I hope I would be. I, I think maybe I might. Friend, that's, that's not a good enough answer. And if that's your answer this morning, if you're saying, I'm not sure, maybe I might be, I don't really know, friend, we'd love to take the word of God and show you how you can be saved. How you can know for sure that heaven is your home. And friend, if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if I died where I would be. Friend, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I would like for, to pray for you today. And if that's you, if you say, Pastor, that's me, I'm not sure. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I just want to see you this morning. Put your hand up, put it right back down. Nobody else is looking about. Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. Yes, God bless you. I saw that hand. Someone else. Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if I died where I would go, but I'd like to know how to be saved. In just a moment, friend, we're going to have an invitation. In just a moment, the piano will play. And if, that's, if, if you raised your hand, you said, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. Friend, we would love to take the Bible and show you. If you're a man, we'll have a man talk with you. If you're a lady, we'll have a lady talk with you. But they're going to take God's word that he wrote for you and me and show you how you can know for sure that you're saved. Christian, what about you this morning? You say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. Praise God for that. Are you flourishing? Will you flourish this year as a Christian? Can I challenge you in these seven points today? This is what God says in his word. Why don't, we why don't we do these things and let God work through us so that we can flourish to be that Christian that he wants us to be this year in 2024? Why don't we stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The piano is going to begin playing softly. If God spoke to your heart, maybe you need to come. We you take that challenge this year? Friend, if, if, you're, if you're not sure if you're saved... We'd love to take the word of God. I'll meet you right down here if you're willing to come. If you come, I'll have someone to show you how you can be saved.
Christian, will you allow God to use your life this year for his purpose?